Hey friends, wanted to let you know about a new feature we have for you on the podcast. You can now leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the show notes for this episode. We want this podcast to help you. If you have a question about making disciples in the harvest or a topic you'd like our team to cover on the show, click the link in the show notes or visit us at speakpipe.com slash into the harvest. When you leave us your voice message, take 15 seconds to introduce who and where you are, and then maybe 30 seconds or so to ask your question. We will get these messages and we'll feature you and your question on the show. It'll be a fun way to connect as a community and it will make the podcast more of a two-way conversation. So hit us up and leave us your question. Welcome to the Into the Harvest podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you live and share your faith in the everyday places of life. Today, I am joined by Jesse Harrelson. Jesse recently finished a three-part series on our website dealing with sexual impurity. So this week, Jesse and I are digging into this topic a little more, covering some of the things she talked about in her articles with us, specifically maybe lies that we are believing about sexual impurity, and also some of the things we as women can do to partner with the men in our lives. This is truly a timely topic, and we hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Abigail here with It's the Harvest Podcast, and I have a special guest with me today. Hey, Jesse. Hello. How are you? I am well. We are both uh, really crossing our fingers and toes, and we have like a million ladies praying for us right now because we've tried to record this podcast twice already. So we're hoping that this is the the perfect one, mm-hmm. um, that all of our technology will start working. But anyway, welcome everybody. Um, it is just me today with Jesse at a ladies podcast. And so if you have tuned in, hoping to hear the whole team and it's just ladies, then, you know, I'm sorry. You can always check in next week. <laughs> this is a, a kind of a special edition podcast. Um, and it really is just for the ladies. Uh, Jesse and I were talking about earlier just how, you know, we really do feel strongly um, just that as women, we do not want to kind of step into the role that we believe men really should be in. But this particular topic today is um, kind of geared toward ladies. And so um, we are here chatting with the ladies, right? <laughs> All the ladies. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and too, and I just kind of want to put a disclaimer out there to everybody listening that um, it is very important, you know, for hus- my husband and I, just we have very strong convictions about making sure whenever we're teaching biblically, you know, it's under the authority of the word. And so anytime that I teach, you know, I have a platform to do any kind of teaching. Mm -hmm. My audience is always women. And so I'm sure there might be men listening to this. Um, And if so, you know, that's fine. This is for ladies. So, you know, you might want to see if there's another podcast before or after this, but um, (laughs) every time I speak, you know, my message is always to women. I just kind of want to make that clear. It's important for me to make that clear. Yeah, and then kind yeah, of absolutely. Yeah, echo what you said too um, a little bit. You know, this is a sexual purity talk, but it's not necessarily for women who struggle with sexual purity. Um, I know that is a huge issue, and there are you know many women that do, but this is rather 
for women to come alongside men who struggle with it and what our response is and recognizing that and like, how can we help them in this battle? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. We did want to make that clear. Um, kind of what our, we're going to be talking about today. And um, if you are a lady and you're listening to this and you're like, oh, darn, you know, I'm not married. Like this probably isn't for me. Uh, we, we kind of want you to listen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did a podcast uh, a couple of months ago. Andrew and our friend Steve McGee did a really great talk on sexual integrity. And if you haven't heard that podcast, I definitely um, just suggest that you go and listen to it after you finish this one. Um, because I think it really helped us as a team at The Harvest to really, what is like, boy, we are not talking about this enough. Mm. Um, as a church, as a body of Christ. And so we want to try to hit all of the different topics. And uh, just looking at the statistics that we can find today about um, the struggle with pornography in particular um, within the church, like the statistics are staggering. I'm going to cover a few of them. We we talked about them in that other podcast, but I'm just going to go over a couple. So um 56% of American divorces involve one party having an obsessive interest in pornography. And then 68% of church-going men and over 50% of pastors view pornography on a regular basis. And 59% of pastors say that married men seek their help with pornography all the time. And um, also that 55% of married men and 25% of married women watch porn on at least a once month basis. So these are really staggeringly high statistics. And so we felt like this was kind of the best place to start was Mm -hmm. for us as women to come alongside our our husbands and our sons and just our brothers in Christ and how we can support them. So just to give our listeners a little background on you, Jesse, um, to start off with, I had not met Jesse in person, but hopefully one day before. Yeah. Um, but we got connected because you have done some great workshops in the past on this particular topic. And so I got in touch with you about writing some articles for our Into the Harvest website. And you did that for us, which I love them all. You can go to our website right now and read all three of those articles. But we felt like that having a podcast on this topic with you, Jesse, would be really a great place just to kind of sum up what we covered on our website. So we wanted to really pick your brain. I do for sure. I loved your articles and they really spoke to me a whole lot in my own marriage. Um, So thanks. Thanks for being here again. Speak to me, you know, God uses them in my life over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let's get started. We're going to start by maybe giving our audience a little background on you and me and our own marriages um, and kind of maybe the perspective that we're coming from. Um, So my husband and I have been married for, I had to do the math earlier. It's been eight years in September. Um, We have three little ones, two girls and a boy, four, three, and it's going to be one year old. And so our house is 
hopping and popping um, a lot. I'm a very busy stay at praise God. Um, I have just the blessing to be able to stay at home with my kids. It is very hard and very rewarding. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love it and I hate it at the same time. So, but it's, good. <laughs> it's really good. Um, yeah. So we're home or I'm home with my kids most of the day. And, um, I guess to kind of a small background into just the sexual purity issue, you know, just specifically, I like, I knew that it was something I knew we met in college at a, um, is a Christian ministry called BCM and we were just friends then. And he was leading, you know, his small groups and I was leading mine. And I knew that he was being held accountable by some other leaders of the group. You know, all of them were holding each other accountable um, for sexual purity. And, um, and so I knew something back then, you know, in college that he would be fighting against, um, but then when you get married, you know, you anticipate, well, you know, my husband has me. So obviously that temptation and that fight should be completely, you know, dissolved because he has me. Um, and I think, you know, my husband thought that too. But then mm-hmm. what we found out, what he found out was, you know, before he already had guilt before God, you know, about it. And then he gets married and now he has more added guilt because he now, now he has a wife that he's hurting that he doesn't want to. Um, and so, you know, the first time we were, what we were married. So it was after my second child. So I think we were married four years. It was, I think his fifth deployment, um, you know, when this came light again, you know, so here I am married for a couple years, you know, more than a couple years, a couple kids later, you know, and this is coming to light again uh, to light again and it was it was a complete shock you know to to mm-hmm. say the least and so um that's kind of a, a backstory into you know what we'll probably get into talking about a little bit later um yeah no that's really good and um and yeah we may go into more detail about it but you also did share kind of the initial story on your in your article that you wrote for us and that was really good it reminded me a lot of my own um, story as well. Um, Brett and I have been married for this, this we are in the 13th year, so we're going to have 13 years in July. So, um, and we have three kids as well. And our youngest is about to turn four next week. So I have like bigger kids now. I never thought I would make it. I didn't think I would make it. So just FYI, you're going to make it. Do they go to bed by themselves? That's what I'm waiting for is, hey, go to bed. <laughs> you well, know. I mean, there's still like some some need for like a lot of glasses of water. So yeah. that's still happening. But um, <laughs> it is way better. And there are also no diapers in my house. Can you believe it? Isn't that amazing? I did not think it was possible, but it is. So there's um and I yeah, and I think for in our marriage, um, in a similar way, um, Brett was walking with the Lord when we met, and um, he was involved with the Navigators Ministry at that time, and um, and they're really great with discipleship, and he was also being held accountable, and that was, you know, something that he was kind of in constant uh uh, being held accountable, I guess, and in that struggle. And he was very open about it having been a struggle for him when we started dating and got married. And uh, same with me. Like, I was like, when he told me, I was kind of in the mindset of like, oh, that makes total sense as an unmarried man. Like, once we get married, we'll be fine. 
like all these struggles are just going to be right now before we get married and then once we get married like it'll be easy street so um it also felt like a real betrayal and shock honestly um when it did um become a problem and both of our husbands were in the military and had long periods of time away from us and um i think in in my circumstance i also uh felt like well maybe that was it like i kind of blamed that issue as well and but it has been a problem at other times in our marriage too when brett was not away and so i just want our listeners uh, are the ladies listening to know that you know this is something that is really just um maybe a, a bigger struggle than just um, not being in the vicinity of your wife, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like, you know, the statistics, the statistics that you read, like, I mean, speak to that, the evidence is in the, you know, in the numbers, you know, it's also in scriptures, First Corinthians ten thirteen. you know, mm-hmm. there's no temptations overcome you that's not common to man. I hope I said that correctly. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> but you know, this is a common temptation. And I even, you know, what is the verse? Um, it is just one second. Um, Hebrews 2.17 talks about Jesus was made like his brothers in every respect. Um, and Hebrews 4.15, that's one. So he was our high priest who's he's able to sympathize with all of our weakness because he in every respect has been tempted and is yet without sin, you know? And so one, like recognizing the temptation isn't the sin, you know, the sin is the sin. And then with these numbers, I think it is so important for us to realize like this battle is far like much like nearer to us, like than we care to admit. We see these numbers and we think they're people that we don't know, you know, they're people mm. whose relationship might be strong with the Lord, but like this may be your husband, this may be your pastor, you know, this may be your son, this is your friend's husband, and not necessarily that they are, you know, actively like struggling with this daily. And it might not, you know, even be a pornography addiction, but the fact that. I guarantee that most of them are daily fighting against the temptation. You know, this is a daily battle that most men are involved in and we have no idea. It is much bigger than we think. And Satan's tool, you know, is to keep it quiet. We don't talk about it in the church. His tool is to make, you know, make men and women feel isolated, make them feel, you know, shame, make them feel guilt. And just like, you're the only one, you know, like this guy over here has got it all together, you know, or, or her husband has it all together, you know, or my pastor has it all together. But, um, you know, he's his, one of his tools is isolation. Um, and then that, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where it, it disrupts. I feel like, yeah, I agree. And I think also there is a real tendency to think, well, I should wait and talk about this when we've like fully conquered it. You know, like when we put a big gold stamp of like, we've, you know, moved past this. And I think anyone with even an ounce of humility or like lived life will probably tell you like, oh no, this is a a lifelong struggle and so we can't wait like we have to share in the midst um you and i were pretty young 
we're both very young and young oh, wives, young. I think, and they're like super young. And um, and so part of me is like, man, some older ladies need to get in here and talk about this. And I would absolutely love that. Um, but since we just have each other, we're just going to share as much as we can and what the Lord has revealed and just short years we have been married. And I think, you know, I love that, um, just a reminder that the enemy really, really just wants to keep everything in the dark. What we can bring into the light, um, really takes away his power and the the control that he has. So we want to do that for sure. Um. And on that note, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about some of the lies that he uses um, through this particular sin. Um, so God is just so good, you know, and, re- and <laughs> all these things to me because I never would have noticed it on my own. Um, and so in the struggle, you know, specifically like we're talking with this man struggling with sexual temptation, it's very easy to see, you know, the guys out front. Um, but it's hard to see usually what's happening behind the scenes, like the indirect tax, you know, the collateral attacks. And so whenever he can get a man, um, you know, under this, under his power of defeat and shame and just kind of in this cycle of sexual temptation, um, if this man is married, you know, it does now, now he's, a, now is he is indirectly attacking the wife because the wife is feeling betrayal. She, you know, she's feeling hurt. She's feeling that she's not enough, you know? So the first lie is he's telling men, you know, that making men doubt their worthiness, um, Mm -hmm. making them believe that they are being held captive in this sin that they'll never defeat. And that makes them full, you know, of shame and guilt. And it's just a cycle. And so it just brings them to doubt their worthiness. You know, he brings a lie into the woman of like causing doubt on her identity, you know, um, whenever, I had experienced that with my husband, the enemy kept, you know, immediately like, you're not enough for him. You know, you've had two kids, like, look at yourself. You know, you're a mess. Why? <laughs> yeah. It's like, why are you even trying? You're not going to be able to compete with the, you know, the, those women. Um, and so just feeling, you know, defeated. And then like, I am not satisfying my husband. And I had unknowingly like really rude, you know, especially as a newlywed, I really had root, rooted my identity in being a wife. And then, you know, mm-hmm. what happens when I'm not enough for my husband, everything around me falls apart, you know? And so um, he causes just like, he causes to doubt our identity, makes us focus on our identity, you know, of who we are in relation to some other person rather than our identity in Christ. And then the next Mm -hmm. line to the world, basically saying God is not good and his love is not enough. Because when you look at marriage, God created marriage to be a picture of, you know, his relationship with us, us as bride and him as the bridegroom and how he comes and washes us and loves us unconditionally. And so marriage is supposed to be a reflection of that gospel. But when we let sin divide a man and a wife, that's shown the world that God's love for us can be divided by sin. And so if Satan can destroy a marriage that's rooted in Christ, that's one less picture to the world of what the true gospel is. And so that's the, you know, the third light, just the world that God is not good and sin can break his love for you. Ah, so good, Jesse. Oh my goodness. It really is so incredible that just through 
one one sin um, that enemy can really get in and create even more sin. Um, and I think that that um, was such <laughs> I and I mean, we have been married for almost 13 years. And um, when you shared that about just especially the picture of the of marriage being a picture of Jesus's relationship with the church, it was so clear. It was such a beautiful picture. And and yes, our um, our relationships, our marriages are not a perfect image of Jesus, but it is an image bearer. It is something that is we are are every day trying to create that and so anyway that the enemy can attack that and bring it down and and have it lose its um integrity is oh he loves it um so it's i i really love just even bringing that to light and i hope that helps those listening i hope that helps you just to identify what the enemy is doing um and sure we and i think it helped also to look at my own part in that, particularly with my identity. Um, I, I've had several times in my marriage, um, both as my marriage and then also as a mom, where the Lord has, has taken pieces away um, so that I see just how wrapped up I have been in who I think I am. It's like Abigail Wilson, you know, mother, and it's like awesome mother. And so when that's taken away, um, I was like, who even am I, you know, and I really should just be daughter of the king, you know, like that's it. So um, I think in some ways he is so, so gracious to, uh, to reveal that to us, to show us when we have misplaced our identity. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's in, in the most horrible ways. We never want to have it happen, <laughs> but it's, um, it can just really be a, a real bittersweet thing that he's revealing to us of where we've placed our, our hopes and our identity and all of that. Um, okay. So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so I kind of want to spend quite a bit of time on, um, sort of the defenses that you gave us yeah. in your last article. Um, yeah. Just because I think um, I'm a doer. That's really why, Jesse, and I like to have things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, James talks about it too. You know, let's be doers and not just here. <laughs> yeah, so um, anytime I see a problem, I want to just get after it. So, um, so let's kind of go through maybe just all of the, the defenses that you gave um, okay. just one at a time and um, just maybe talk them out a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I'm excited just to discuss them further. Yes, for sure. So first one, um, you know, the Lord just kind of reminded me is like forgiveness. And I, I would say forgiveness versus guilt. Um mm-hmm. So the big paradigm shift in the very beginning, you know, that God showed me was my husband is not the enemy. The enemy, Satan in all of his power wants me to believe um, that my husband is against me, that my husband is the enemy. And I feel like this is true across almost all relationships, you know, Mm. Um, my husband is not the enemy. The enemy is the enemy. You know, the enemy is trying to draw my husband away, trying to draw me away and trying to draw the world away. And so I've got to realize that, you know, we're on the same team. Um, 
And so I mm-hmm. used to think that maybe you can resonate and maybe I'm like one that I could guilt him into stopping, you know, like, well, maybe. <laughs> oh, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Just kidding. I really do. Oh man. So true. <laughs> I do. Like, maybe if he how this made me feel if he could know right. the hurt that is just crippling mm-hmm. me then he would feel guilty and not do it but what i realized all that did was just added more guilt to him you know like i said he was already guilty before the lord you know he's guilty because now he's bringing his wife down and you know and what if god did that to us you know what if he's like you know <laughs> I'm going to let your guilt, when has guilt ever changed, you know, our actions before that Yeah. But on the opposite, like forgiveness, you know, forgiveness brings freedom. Um, one of the verses that really spoke to me was Colossians 3, 12 through 13 it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. I love this compassionate hearts. He goes on bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And so you must all, so you also must forgive. Um, and so Jesus has forgiven us, but I feel like it's also important to, kind of differentiate like for what forgiveness really is, you know, it's not saying that what he did was okay. You know, just like God says, you know, God never says our sin is okay, but what it is, it's, it's a repentance of judgment. If that makes sense, it's I'm releasing my husband to the judgment of God because I'm not his judge. You know, I am not the one who made his soul and over his soul. He is not accountable to me. He's accountable to God. And so it's me trusting God to handle the consequences of the sin because it's just my job to forgive. Um, And I've learned too that when we withhold forgiveness, it keeps us in bondage. You know, there's a, um, there's a verse in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 18. Um, well, it's not a verse. It's like a whole passage. And, um, Jesus is talking about this. Yeah. 32 to 35. Jesus is talking about this master who has a servant who owes him like more money than he can pay in his entire lifetime. And so the master forgives the servant. Well, then the servant goes and finds a man that owes him money that could be paid back. And I think it's in like less than a year, but he has no money. It is. It's so small. This, the servant has no mercy to, you know, this man throws him in jail. Um, well, then the master finds out what happened, you know, calls a servant over, you know, and is obviously very upset. I had compassion on you, but you did not have compassion on this servant. So first we have a picture, you know, of God saying, I had compassion on your sin. I gave you my son and yet you will not have compassion on someone who's wronged you. And then this last verse, Jesus says, so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you oh i'm sorry let me back up he says and in anger his master delivered him to the jailers until he should be until he should pay all of his debt and then jesus you know ends it so also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart and i feel like many of us can resonate with that when we withhold forgiveness like we are held in bondage in that anger and that resentment mm-hmm. and just in that pain and so when we're able to forgive and release that judgment to god 
our husbands find forgiveness. And like my Mm -hmm. husband told me that whenever he felt my forgiveness, you know, it was, he was able to experience in a real way, the forgiveness of Christ in a much more real way. And then that forgiveness, you know, led to freedom and victory knowing, Mm -hmm. you know, Christ does have power over this and there is victory and, you know, and victory led to victory, led to victory. But whenever I hold um, my judgment and my guilt over him, it adds to his shame, which, you know, leads to failing to temptation, you know, which leads to defeat, which leads to failing to that temptation over and over again. And yeah. so in a sense, like we have uh, the power to help bring them out of that cycle when we're able to forgive them. Yeah, it's so good. And even as you were sharing it, so I was kind of trying to think through my own um, feelings of this, you know, whenever I was feeling like great unforgiveness. Yeah. <laughs> and I, um, and I think uh, what you said resonates so deeply. And if we could just write this on our brains, you know, it's not saying that it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's giving it over to the Lord. And I think both of those things are really very, I had a lot of fear wrapped up in both of those things. One, that if I forgave my husband that he would just be like, oh, cool. Well, then, you know, this is fine. Which that's even saying it out loud is ridiculous. You know, he was already, you know, it, I was not his his compass for right and wrong already. So like um, that was not true. Yeah. Yeah. I know. And then the other thing was really control on my part, giving that forgiveness over to the Lord or that judgment and that letting that be in God's hand was me just, I wanted to have the control, the control over his punishment or his like, that it fit, you know, and be that he would really feel it. And all of that was really my own sin. Ah! Anyway. And I think so good. One verse we can go back to again is First Peter two twenty three, and this is about Jesus. You know, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. But when he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to the one who judges justly. So Jesus, even in his mistreatment, yeah. you know, and his suffering, he didn't threaten, but he entrusted himself, you know, to God who judges justly. Yeah. Jesus. Oh, so good. And I just want to also say this too, that as we talk about these defenses, it really is us coming before the feet of Jesus because the capacity mm-hmm. to forgive only comes from Christ. I, in my own will and power, could not, you know, just bring up, you know, the forgiveness in my heart to be able to give it to my husband. Like Jesus had to give that to me. I feel like all these things are things we have to go to Jesus for to receive so we can give. Yes, absolutely. And that's kind of like the underlying just caveat to every single one. And I think it's almost goes without saying because they are absolutely impossible. <laughs> that I mean, truly that kind of forgiveness um can only come from the Lord. I we just we do not have it in us. Um so yes, even as we move forward, I think with each one of these, they really do take the power of the Holy Spirit. So make possible so absolutely all right so the second kind of defense that the lord revealed to is prayer and i've heard i'm sure some of y'all have heard this quote and i found it everywhere i don't know who said it it says when god's warriors go down on their knees the battle is not over it has only begun and so i feel you know prayer is one of 
the most powerful tools that we have. Um, we sometimes mm. always think prayer is a last resort, you know, like, oh, all we can do now is pray, you know, it's like, oh, now <laughs> we're full to the Lord and see what he can do and guide <laughs> You know, Jeremiah says, you know, I am the Lord. What is too hard for me? There is nothing that is too hard for God. And God loves, loves these men more than we do. He loves us more than we do. And so he's just waiting for us to call on him to work in their lives. Um, and so if you, you know, read in scripture, you know, and on the article, you know, I've written about just different examples that God has used um, people you know, and answering their prayers in scripture, you know, like God changed his mind because of the prayer of Moses. And so God hears us and there's power um, in prayer. And this applies to whatever status you are, you know, in a relationship. If you're a wife, one thing the Lord told me was my husband's battles are his battles. You know, my battles are my husband's battles. Like we are one flesh and I am his helper and I can't be in his mind to change his thoughts. You know, I can't be hands are always over his eyes, like blocking him from what to see. <laughs> I can be in his corner on my knees fighting for him. Um, it's my responsibility as a wife. If you know, you are single and, um, either dating or wanting to date right now, be praying for your future husband, because I can guarantee guarantee that he's daily on, you know, some level fighting this battle and he needs your prayer. Um, if you're a mom, you know, and you have boys, even daughters, you know, pray for your sons and pray for the possible future husbands of your daughters, you know, because the world that they, these kids are going to, that are growing, mm-hmm. the, the world that they will grow up in, you know, like, it's going to get harder and harder because our culture is just more and more accepting of all these terrible things. Um, and so they yeah. know how to fight cut out for them. And, you know, if you are a, what I like to call Pauline, you know, a woman who has no desire to wed, but is, you know, loves the singleness and just the freedom that she has to serve God in that, you know, you have Christian brothers all around you who are fighting this, who most likely don't have anybody praying for them, you know, so be praying for just your Christian brothers. Um, you don't have to go up and tell them, Hey, I'm praying for your, you know, fight against sexual purity that might be like but you know god hears yeah. and so pray for the brothers that are around you too yeah i think with this um with this for me the big thing is keeping it in my mind um and having that be a burden yeah. i really had to ask the lord for the burden um because if things are going well um which you know that's always a real blessing when things are going well in your marriage yeah. and or at least you think so because they really are fighting it all the time. So guilty. Of but that. I, oh gosh, but whenever it's not, it, you know, he doesn't have anything to confess to you. And so you're just like, man, things are great. And you just go along your happy way. Mm-hmm. Um, and most women, uh, most of us just do not have the same eyes that men do. I mean, I walk around and see the same billboards and I see the same advertisements on TV that they see. And I might be like, oh gosh, that's a little much, you know, but it's not just, seared into my brain. It's not um, causing me to stumble in any way. Um, and so for me, it was really having to um, to say no to the, to the like, um, I'm just going to be in happy denial. Um, because by 
placing it into the Lord's hand and saying, I want to, to think about these things, but only, you know, under your canopy of grace mm-hmm. and just ask for you to help me to intercede better and to do this better. And so it is on my mind, but not in a super anxious, like, just a horrible way, but in a, I believe that God has the power to change things and to do things and these men's lives like this is actually prayers of victory these are not prayers of defeat um and that that was a real shift for me um because i tend to be a very like i'm just not gonna think about that like that's too much like i can't handle it and so it was really having to give that over to the lord too of thinking i I can consciously think that this is a struggle and and really try to be obedient and praying about it and not then be overtaken by like the crushing defeat that that can sometimes make you, you know what I mean? Like if I start to think about the world that my kids are going to grow up in, like I may never sleep again. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Just remembering to pray about it, especially when things are good. Um, I know on the blog post, you know, for the article, there is a link to these prayer cards, you know, this is very applicable that I actually printed it out and put it next to my nightstand. So it would help yeah. me to pray because I need visual cues, you know, out of sight, out of mind, you know, like I said, there's no mm-hmm. problem. I forget about it, but, um, it's a really great resource, you know, just for example, the first yeah. one pray for their eyes, like I asked my husband, what's the best way I can pray for you? You know, and he said, my eyes, you know, is it Matthew six talk about eyes being the window for the soul and Job um, 31, you know, I had made a covenant with my eyes to not look lustfully to young woman. So just, you know, praying for their eyes that God would, you know, put yeah. the blinders on and um, just allow them to see, you know, pure things and not all the things. So that's just one example of um, some of the other things that we can be praying for. for yes. Them. Print out that card, you guys. Um, you can find it on the last article that Jesse did for us. Um, the defense article and you can just click on the link and print off the PDF and it comes in a little um, it prints off four so you can share it with your girlfriend (laughs) yeah yeah, so thanks Tina shout out to Tina who made that for me I literally like texted her last minute and she was sweet enough to make that for me I could never have created that so thanks Tina Um, and I agree like I think having that um, visual reminder. I just stuck it in my Bible. Um, and that's really helpful yeah. for me to remember to pray. So yes, so yeah. thankful for that. All right. So on to the next. Mm-hmm. So defense number three, um, I've kind of titled this one be available slash unavailable. And we'll get to all of those. Um, this is probably going to be the one that we'll have most questions on. So hopefully I no means am an expert. I am not a ministry leader. I am not, you know, a regular teacher of the word. I'm just a girl who loves Jesus, who God gave me a message. You know, he turned what Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things for good for those who love him. And so he turned something that the Satan used that Satan purpose for destruction and God made it good. And so mm-hmm. this is just a testimony. So I'm going to try my best to answer. Amen. 
um, as well as I can. Yeah. And I am available um, to be followed up on if anyone you know, wants to discuss any of this further. So anyways, back to it, being available. So this is for wives only. If you're single, plug your ears or just listen and remember whenever you get married. Um, but so for wives only, <laughs> Be first Corinthians seven, two through five part that says, you know, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, you know, Paul talks about because there is this temptation, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. He goes on to say, you know, do not deprive one another except for a small time, you know, and I think it says somewhere in there about, um, so that, you know, so that you won't sin. I wish I would. Yeah. So you won't fall into temptation. Yeah, no, that's correct. So you won't fall into temptation. Yes. To come back. Yeah. Um, and then Proverbs 27, seven, one who is full loathes honey, but to one who is hungry, everything is, everything bitter is sweet. And so have sex with your husbands, you know, like it is God made it for us to be enjoyed, you know, it's fun. It's probably the funnest defense out of all of these, you know, that we can be a part of, like help our husbands be sexually full. Whenever um, our husbands are finding that satisfaction in us and their desire is met, you know, these temptations, you know, aren't as appetizing to them, you know, but if we are restricting that, um, we're tired or we're not in the mood or, you know, whatever the reason may be. Um, and I'll talk about, you know, I, I, I get that, but we are, you know, putting our husband's feet in the fire, you know, because this temptation yeah. is going to seem stronger whenever they are, you know, away from us or, you know, even with us too. And they have that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, this is maybe a harder one for us to hear as ladies, because it does tend to point the finger at us. And that's not at all what we're doing. And we're not pointing the finger at anyone. Um, But we are encouraging us to be in fullness of what our relationship is supposed to be. And so sin does like to find its way in when there's an empty spot. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really love the the Proverbs verse just because it does, it's like a perfect picture. Like as in, as a writer, I love a good pictorial mm-hmm. <laughs> word image there. And, and that's a good one. And I think if we're, you know, we should always be um, aware and on our guard of, are we being selfish in our marriage? And this tends to be one of those areas where we're selfish, both of us, husbands and wives. And so it's just a good opportunity and a reminder for us that when we're selfish, that's when bad things happen and on both sides. And so I think it's just a reminder for all of us, um, a good one, just to not be selfish. And I, you know, I think that the whole, like, the examples you gave, like being tired and like, we are both, I'm a little bit further out of it than you but just as mom of young children you know like a child attached to you all the time and you know you're super tired waking up in the middle of the night I think it's easier for us to start making excuses and they seem like really really valid and but the bottom line is that it's still coming from a place of selfishness you know and I think our husbands it's their job to be um, 
dishonoring of us and thinking about the season that we're in and mentor, you know, ministering to us. Mm-hmm. And it's our job to serve them. And so if we're both doing that correctly and well, um, then that's a good place to be. So it's just, it's just a good reminder for, on all things, not just on this sexual purity front. So yeah, it's really good. And I want to add to that too, just kind of like moms who, well, I'm not even saying moms, but wives who are, you know, maybe in a burnout season, um, you mm-hmm. know, say, Hey, you know, make sure your husband's sexually full. And if your response is, I don't have that desire. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't have the energy, you know, like I can fully resonate with that. Like you said, I am a mom of three, you know, that are very young. Um, I stay at home with them all day. And so it's constantly giving, <laughs> giving and giving and I'm just tired. And, you know, my youngest is what well, he'll be a year next month. And so especially even just hormonally, all that stuff, like, yeah. Kicking back yeah. here, it takes it can take time sometimes, and so like I am, I am in this season. Um, but then it's it really this is all of the Lord, you know, showing me kind of like you said, like it's kind of, that is just a selfish perspective, you know. Like when I get in bed, the last thing I want to do is be touched again, you know. But my husband mm-hmm. needs one, you know, men. <laughs> Still love in that way, you know, like I feel like Mormons like love language, you know, is through that kind of um interaction. Your touch, yeah. And so just helping them feel love. Mm-hmm. Um when a guy is sexually like satisfied, he can conquer the world. There is nothing that can stop a man. You know? <laughs> he is confident and this is true. He is ready. And then, you know, I had to um like I've realized too that just like my lack of desire is far less important to me than like my desire for my husband to be satisfied in me and my marriage. Like I want my husband to be satisfied in me, you know, in our marriage. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be tempted. And so knowing that this is a battle that he faces, you know, like if I can help in this mm-hmm. way, then may I hold that in higher regards, you know, um, than what my desire is. And just my encouragement too is one like, pray, ask God, can you give me the desire? Like, can you give me the energy to, you know, meet my needs? So ask God. And then two, you know, just take an inventory of your daily life. Like, where are you spending all of your energy and where are you getting burned out? Like, what can you, what can you take out? So that way you can make sure that you still have that time to prioritize your husband. I feel like, especially if you are a mom of like young kids, my attitude lately has been like, I have three kids that I have to make their plate and feed. You're an adult. You can make your own plate, you know, and I used to make his plate first all the time. And now I'm like, you're a grown up. You can do that. But these, but I've got to to continue to prioritize my husband over my children, you know, even if it's making his plate for dinner. Um, And so Mm -hmm. how can you look at, you know, how you're spending your time and energy and like, yeah, you can give it to your husband. Yeah, those are really good tips. And I, I think once again, boy, I think it just shows a lot about who I am. We're just, you guys are really getting insight into Abigail right now. But I, I think for me, it's just, um, I, I, I am like an excuse maker and then like a push away. So once I've made my like good excuse that, that, that seems to fit, then I could just feel like, so that's my excuse. And now I move on. And so it's not allowing myself to do that. 
you're like, no, there's no excuse. And so you have to keep working. So for me, you know, you mentioned hormones. I think that's a big one for a lot of women are health issues. And so not letting that be the excuse, but really like proactively follow up with that, like follow up with your medications and your, you know, go to the doctor, ladies, go to the doctor. And by the way, I'm talking to myself because I'm like well overdue to go to like my annual checkup. So we just don't take care of ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So so take care of yourself so that you can take care of your husband. Do it ladies. Let's, let's get on it. Let's make a commitment to each other. Yeah. So, so definitely just like seeking the Lord about it and then being proactive and not just being like, Oh, I have a good excuse. It's just for a season. Um, it tends to be a longer and longer season if we do that. So very good advice. Um, All right, let's bring the the non-married ladies back into the room. Yes. (laughs) Um, so the next part is be unavailable and I kind of break this up into two. Well, kind of. So the first one is, you know, for dating women, um, this just basically means, you know, set boundaries in your physical relationship. Um, and I feel like every single one of us, you know, has been taught biblically on the reasons for, um, commitment for intimacy and like, it's like, a covenant commitment before God in marriage, before intimacy, there's, you know, it's been compared to a fire, you know, like having sex is, you know, it's just like a fire and there's power in it. And it's, it's, you know, beautiful. And when it's in its bounds, you know, it's safe, but whenever it's out of its boundary, you know, like it's just, it's just destruction. And so, um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Um, I will, reference this book i want to show you we love a good book reference Let's hear know, it. Well, good recommendation yes this is um i don't know if you can see the camera um all right we'll read it for our listeners exactly marion jordan ellis um i went and saw her at a conference amazing teacher of the word um and this book is called sex and the single christian girl fighting for purity in a rom-com world. And she just goes through her. She didn't get married until she was 30 something, I think like mid, maybe late thirties. And so, you know, she battled just sexual, she battled sexual purity, you know, all through college. Um, and so she talks about just her testimony and that and how she got wrapped up in it, you know, and then coming to know Jesus and why, you know, she was able to then wait for her now husband and how beautiful it is. But any single girl who is fighting with sexual purity. I wish I had this when I was younger. Um, great read. She does a really great job um, in that. And then the reasons why like, I make this a defense is because whenever I have talked to um, single girls um, who have come to me after hearing you know, this message, they might come to me months later and... Um, like all of the first responses, you know, was like, I heard your message, but I didn't think it would happen to me. You know, like the guy I'm dating loves Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'm like, he's a bigger target, you know? Like, yeah. And then um, yeah. after one particular, after talking to, you know, her boyfriend, you know, asked her when, and, you know, he told her, you know, the day and she's like, well, I was with you that day. And then realized that, you know, she didn't keep her boundaries as much as she should have. And so, you know, a kiss can be just a kiss for a woman, 
you know, and then we mm-hmm. can go home and be fine. But a kiss can ignite a fire in a guy that is so hard to pull, you know, to put out. And so, you know, that was mm-hmm. a night that he, you know, had fallen to that temptation. And so it, it is critical, you know, for the men to set the boundaries also, you know, and if this guy loves Jesus, yeah. girls, if a guy loves Jesus and pursuing Jesus, he will be taking effort to set boundaries. And if he is not setting boundaries, then find another guy. I'm just going to put that out there, but we also, Do have, it. Yes. <laughs> we also have responsibility put to set this too, because, you know, like I said, it's easier for us to, to say good night, you know, than it is, you know, for men usually. So that's, that's why I put that in there. Absolutely. And I think it's just, um, it's our way of, of having a good partnership, even in a dating relationship. Um, and then in a partnership, you know, you're, you're playing on your strengths. And just as a whole, for females, we have some stronger strengths when it comes to control in that area. Um, and I see that and I also say, you know, it's not all on us. So um, I actually will amen. I'll say yes and amen to what you said regarding, you know, find a guy that does have strong boundaries mm-hmm. and then respect his boundaries and then abide by them for him. Yes. You know, he, yeah. if he in his right mind says, these are the things I need us to abide by, then you respect that on all the days, even on the days that he's maybe a little weaker. And that is a huge uh, like act of respect I think so um ugh, it's rough out there and we support you ladies and pray for you and it's worth it that's the bottom line it is worth it and uh, there was I heard this after I was married um it was a teaching on sexual purity and um what the preacher said was like wow that's a pretty strong statement but you know his boundaries were like do not what, what was the words like basically you know do not do anything with a man that you would want your husband doing with another woman if that makes sense you know and so you know his boundaries yeah. were high if you see yeah. if, if your husband was kissing another woman you know then maybe that's why <laughs> you know so his were about and so i'm not saying you know like Talk yeah. to find, you know, like talk to a mentor to help you, you know, like understand, yes. What yes. but realize too, that every boundary that causes something that you've crossed is something that you will be talking to your husband about one day, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, your boyfriend now doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be marrying him. Um, and he's going to have to discuss that with his wife, you know, and there is hurt that is brought into marriages. Um, and mm-hmm. so just kind of keep that, you know, in the back of your mind as you're dating and finding this guy. You're going to marry. Yeah. And, and, you know, we carry even the things that we did dating our own spouse into our marriage. So you can think about that too. Yeah. Any mistakes that you made in your dating life, you're carrying into your married life and all those things are redeemable by all means that we can help, help each other and help, um, in that season to not ignite that fire, um, <laughs> when it's not quite quenchable yet. So, um, yeah, I think that's really good. And I love that you mentioned the mentor part, you know, have accountability in your dating life. Um, have people that you're accountable to that are asking you about your your dating relationship and how it's going. 
share your boundaries with other people and have those people ask you about it. It's not just between the two of you. So you can have some outside help as well. For sure. For sure. (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, let's bring us to our last. My favorite one. I know this one. probably the most controversial and I think it will always be the most controversial I know I know we think about the last (laughs) exactly (laughs) I'm glad we don't have live like comments and questions right now easier to um so look unavailable for all women in other words you know modesty that's such a such a good word to hear doesn't ignite any emotions I don't feel like (laughs) Um, (laughs) there are so many verses that the Lord brought to my mind from this Um, so let me just begin with why this has been so important to me Um, I've grown up understanding the purpose of modesty and you know dressing myself you know it's what first peter 3 3 through 4 this is do not let your adorning be external but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit and so i feel like most of us have understood you know biblical teaching on the purpose of modesty and like where we should place our beauty but it wasn't until i experienced this, this with my husband and i understood not that I know, but I got, I was, I was given a glimpse of being inside the mind of a man and how God naturally designed them. You know, like I've learned that there's actually like, there's a physiological response in their body, just as sexually attracted images, you know, pass, whether they've looked at that image, whether they are walking down the street and a woman passes them, you know, whether they're watching TV and, you know, there's, it's a woman's body wash commercial. It's a two second clip of a woman washing her body, you know, what, however it happens, there's a physiological response in the body, this gut feeling. Um, And then the cognitive part put, put, you know, the cognitive part turns on. And so um, in a much, much smaller scale, much smaller scale, um, I think about this, you know, I always go to food and you guys will, you guys will read that. Um, <laughs> let's say you are hungry, you know, you go into, you walk to your room, there's a huge buffet and you just start smelling it. You know, your mouth starts water, your gut starts, you know, having that hunger drive and you immediately want to just consume everything that you see. But then cognitively you're like, wait, you know, let's go talk to some friends first. Let's not look like a total, but you know, like you have a choice whether to indulge in that or to not to fight it. And kind of, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's for a guy. And most of these men are daily, multiple times a day, fighting these images and fighting temptation. Uh, you know, they're not choosing to see this most of the time. You know, not choosing to see this, but they've seen it and now they're fighting it. Um, and so once I was made aware of just the daily battle, um, just the Lord just reminded me, like, let's build each other up, be a safe place for your husband, be a safe place for your friend's husband, um, you know, to be around. Um, and I feel like this part, I, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like there are two 
issues that kind of we run into on why this is controversial. One part I think is the responsibility part, you know, is it man's responsibility? Is it woman's responsibility? Um, and the second part is kind of like, where do you draw the line in modesty? Um, right. Yeah. And, you know, it can differ. It can, you know, be different all across cultures. Um, mm-hmm. And so First, I want to address the responsibility part. And hopefully I do this clearly. Um, And this is kind of something I feel like the Lord gave me this analogy. Actually, today while I was running and just asking God, how do I even talk about this? Because I don't even know. Yeah. So um, I feel like we will always be playing the pointing fingers game. It's his fault that he looked at me that way. You know, well, it's her fault. I looked because she dressed in a way that made me look and we're always pointing fingers and it's the enemy winning again, making us forget that we're on the same team and here we are pointing fingers as it's your fault and your fault and fighting each other and forgetting that we are on the same team. And so it is 100% responsibility of the men and 100 percent the responsibility of women and I've likened it to a football game. So if you so if you don't know how to play football, basically there are two teams and they are competing against each other to win. Hey, so some people have no idea. I'm sorry. I know. I just can't believe the irony that in this all girl podcast <laughs> Some will probably it's be able happening. to, most will probably be able to explain better than I am, but. Okay, well, so. we're going to do this. <laughs> and they're fighting each other for victory, correct? Each team has an offensive unit and a defensive unit. And basically the difference is the offensive unit are the people that are on the field with the ball and they're trying to score. And then when the other team has the ball, the defensive unit comes in and tries to keep them from scoring. So you have both sides. Both sides have a responsibility to practice, to learn, you know, their enemy's ways so they can know how to combat it and to play their hardest. Because if one of those units fail, you know, the, the opponent has an opportunity for victory over the team. And so I just liken it to the Christian faith and the battle of sexual um, morality. Our opponent is the enemy. It is Satan himself, and he's trying to have victory over us. The guys, you know, just in this analogy, are the offensive unit, you know, and we are the defensive unit. And so 100% guys do have responsibility in training their eyes and training how they look and view women and understanding that. And I know that um, there are so many resources out there, you know, for guys in battling um, sexual temptation. So 100%. It is their responsibility, but we've also got to recognize what part do we play in this too? You know, we're the defensive unit also. And so we've had, we have to play our hardest so that together as a team, not against each other, but as a team, we can defeat the enemy and his battle to take our souls away from the Lord. Um, so I hope that that made sense. So that yes, both sides, <laughs> are responsible and we cannot neglect either one. Um, Mm -hmm. that, and so when it comes to modesty, um, there is the verse in, um, Romans 14, 13, you know, 
It says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide to never put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. And in this, in this verse, he's talking about um, food. And it's, there are believers who are eating food that had been sacrificed to um, these pagan idols. And some people ate it because they're like, these idols aren't even gods. This food is clean. But some people were being hindered in their faith because they're like, oh, they ate food that were sacrificed to these idols. And so Paul's just saying, you know, let's not put a stumbling block. I feel like we could definitely put just modesty in that. Um, You know, for if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Um, And so, you know, I would, I would encourage us to think about that, you know, for if our brother is grieved by what we're wearing, then we are no longer walking in love if we're putting a stumbling block before them. Um, and it's not a mindset of, I feel like there's kind of a, almost like a selfishness to it. Of, well, I have, you know, the right to feel like a woman, you know, I have a right to flaunt how I want, you know, I have a right. And some of those may be true, but like Philippians 2, 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Count your brothers more significant than yourself. For me, this comes into just being comfortable. I am naturally a hot-natured person, and so I hate wearing clothes, especially when I'm working out. Um, And also, I just like being comfortable. I like things just to fit comfortably. We'll just put it that way. Um, But when I am seeking to be comfortable or to, you know, keep up with whatever is cute in style, even if it means it's a little bit immodest, you know, then I am no longer walking in love. I'm, I'm acting out in my selfish ambition and I am not building up the men around me. You know, I, I want to be a safe place for my husband. I want to be a safe place for your husband. I want to be a safe place for, you know, the sons of my friends, you know, like let, mm-hmm. let us be a safe place for them. And ex- it pains me to say this, especially in church, you know, if there's one place, oh my gosh, yes. go, whether it's church or a Bible study, you know, help them to be able to hear from the Lord rather than, you know, having to start their mind battle against, you know, someone whose dress might be or whose jeans are a little too tight. Yes, it's cute. I get that. But is it worth it? You know, that's the question. Like, is it? Yeah. I don't know if you, I don't have any, know if you have anything to say on that before I go into the next one. If you want me to just keep continuing. <laughs> well, let's see. I, I think this I is maybe it. one of the hardest. It's just hard because um, there's so many like arguments from the world. I think the, the world is arguing with Christianity on this topic all the time, mm-hmm. or even within Christianity. Um, or, so that's hard. It's hard when there's not a firm line on anything um, that's always where there's argument and you know that's when everyone starts throwing their bible at each other and it gets really messy and so this is definitely one of those so I think um just even as you were talking and I was thinking okay well what is one you know clear takeaway that we could give that's not you know Jesse and Abigail's opinion yeah <laughs> or you know even the way we interpret scripture on this um and I think the bottom line is 
is you had a really great line in this article. I wish I had it in front of me. Maybe you do, or you remember what you said. But you talked about how, you know, we are standing against a world um, that has certain views. And we're the only ones. What's the line? Read it to me. You said it better. (laughs) Christ-following women have to champion modesty in a world that values it very little. Is that it? Yeah. Yes. It's so good and so true because in in fact, they don't just not value it. They, they scoff at it. It is scoffed at. And I think when we see the world scoffing at something, we should definitely take pause. We should consider what the Lord has to say to us there. Um, so I think it's, it really is a personal thing. Modesty is even personal. It's not even about um, like putting on the clothes and then thinking, okay, what will all the men around me see here today? Yeah. Because we can't even control that. You know, yeah. from, you know, everyone has a different mm-hmm. picture of beauty. Mm-hmm. So really the only thing that we can do is from our own heart, um, from our own conviction of, of how we want to help the men that we do know. And I think um, the really important thing is is making sure that our view of beauty is not the world. Um, it cannot be based off of the Kardashians or mm-hmm. off of like anything yeah. we see on TV. Instagram. And by the way, I, I say Kardashians because just yesterday I, um, I saw a clip from the Kardashians, you guys. I don't even know what I was watching. It was on Instagram. Um, but I want to share it because I was in shock about it. So um, you may not know anything about the Kardashians listeners. In fact, I hope you don't. Um, so just don't even look it up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but the wife, Kim, was um, getting ready for this huge event. And she was wearing the most scantily clad outfit you can possibly imagine. Yeah. And she is married to a rapper named Kanye West. And he is a rapper, guys. I mean, he is like the most boldly dude ever. But apparently, recently, he is starting to follow Jesus. I don't know. What? I don't know. I know that. Anyways, another topic for another time. Okay, that's, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we could have some sort of update there. I don't know. Um, but what I wanted to share was, is that he actually, um, he's kind of known for like going off on things. Like that's one of his characteristics, apparently. Um, and that's how this clip came about because they were like, oh, Kanye goes off on Kim because he has now sees being a wife, like a husband and a wife differently. He's like, when I wasn't married, I was looking at all these scantily clad women and it did something to my spirit. That's what he said. And he was like, and I don't want to think about other men looking at my wife and it messing with their spirit. And I mean, this is from a very worldly perspective, but I was kind of in shock. And I thought, well, that was really timely. And the sense that here we have, man, the world, honestly. Um, but even they see that it starts to strip away um, just the humanity and just what true um, female and male, you know, goodness God gave us and made us in his image. Yeah. And yet it's been kind of worked and made made really into a simple thing. And so we just need to be careful that we are not having worldly eyes and worldly like measuring sticks on what we think is modest or immodest. Yeah. 
And I think it kind of goes back to identity. Um, Mm. Probably talking too long about this, but I do think like it's a hard one because I personally, um, and I shared this with you when the article was coming out, um, I grew up in a very conservative Christian home. And so I was taught to be modest. And I remember really having guilt when I was dressed like super modestly um, and like the bagginess of the nineties. And, uh, and I still remember being like, you know, ogled or whatever in school. And I felt a lot of shame because I felt like, Oh, I've done something wrong. Um, And we don't want to do that either. We're not putting blame on either at all, but I love your analogy that we're working together. And so if one side fails or the other side fails, the only thing we can be in charge of is ourselves. So as ladies, we can do our very best and that's all we can do. And that's all that we're asked to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got it up on that. No, you're, <laughs> and, and I love that. Um, I was going, Oh, one thing, uh, one thing I did want to share with you guys and I'll get to what I was going to say. Um, just kind of like, you know, like you dress, like, where's the line, you know, like where, what is modesty, especially if you're, you know, whether, you know, you're really trying to like, Hey, I really want to honor God and I really want to honor men, but I'm still getting looked at, you know, like, do I just need to wear a sackcloth, you know, and just, you know, go, <laughs> yeah. go um, but there is, this is something kind of practical. Okay, I'm I'm not making this up. When I was preparing for the workshop, this showed up on my Facebook, and I thought, this is too beautiful, and I can't ignore it. So I'm even going to show you guys <laughs> the pictures of the, I don't know if it shows, the screenshots. So I'm going to read them. So this is okay. my Facebook. Um, this is going to ruffle some feathers. Um, my friend, <laughs> Sid, <laughs> said, I just talked about the Kardashians, so you're good. Okay. <laughs> My, my fellow men, legging and yoga season is nearing. Don't lose hope. Comment for a guy named Josh. I'm counting the days. Another guy. It might be basic, but the yogas and Uggs are sexy, explicit to me. Um, a guy named Brandon. I'm looking forward to it. A guy named Brad. I feel like this should be marked on the calendars like Christmas and Easter. Another guy, National Booty Season, Jared, best time of the year ever. So these Jeez. are little comments about leggings and yoga pants um, and why. You know, it's, it shows your curves. It shows all your lady parts. There's no room for imagination. And I am not, <laughs> I want to be clear, I am not yoga pants. You know, like I said, I love to be comfortable. But I think where we can be mindful of this is like if, if you go to yoga, you know, wear your yoga pants. And so um, I was kind of in the midst of like learning this while I was in yoga. And so if a guy showed up, I would move to the back of the class, you know, or just kind of move where, you know, yeah. that was just my own personal conviction. You know, I'm not telling everyone that right. it's my personal conviction. And then, you know, even talk to my husband about it because I would – you know, with kids, I would go to yoga class, I would leave, I would go get groceries, and then I would go home. And I would just wear, you know, what I wore at the gym, you know, and he's like, why don't you just put shorts on, you know, just cover it. You know, yeah. it was such a minor, at first, I was like, oh, that's so annoying, you know, but it's such a minor, and it's like, in comparison, like, it's a minor inconvenience, if it's going to keep, you know, a man from having to not look, um, 
yes, they're responsible, you know, for their eyes and where they look and find that battle, but why even put a stumbling block in front of them to have to fight it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the consequences are eternal. It's not just some opinion. It's, you know, like this sin leads to a broken relationship with the Lord. And so it's like kind of a kind mm-hmm. of in perspective. And so, you know, if you can wear yoga pants, you know, maybe wear a dress that covers your booty, you know, that kind of goes down a little bit, yeah. you know, throw shorts on over where, um, you know, it's, this is obvious, some, obviously something, you know, men like, and so that was just kind of my two cents. I saw that, thought, oh, okay. You know, especially it's, it's October, you know, that, that season is coming near again. Um, but (laughs) there's one thing I could talk about the line. My first, um, encouragement is, you know, where's your, where's your heart? Are you, you know, dressing in this way because, um, it was real stylish and, you know, you just kind of want to dress what's in style. Is it because this is how you get attention and I can, you know, resonate with, with that 100% when I was, you know, younger and dating, even my early like years of marriage, like, um, I wanted, you know, to be, you know, the hottest looking girl, you know, that's, that's the only way I knew how to get to it, get attention. I was never taught, you know, how to get attention of, Mm -hmm. you know, guys who really love Jesus. And so I got, are you, you know, are you dressing that way to get attention? Um, or is it, are you just trying to find like the bare minimum so you can check the box, you know, like, is that where your heart is or is your heart that, Hey, I really want to honor God and honor men. And I want to be on, on their team, you know, because this life is so temporary. What we have here is so fleeting and what's eternal are our souls and their souls, you know, this is so fleeting. And so something so small, you know, are you really trying to honor God? And the verse, I think it's Acts 24, 16, you know, as you dress, they, you know, he says this, so I always take pains to have a clear conscience toward both God and man. And so kind of, you know, as you're choosing, you know, your outfit and buying new clothes, like, can I leave having a clear conscience before God and man, you know? And for me, you know, like my husband is my sounding board. Hey, you know, is this okay? And he's like, you look really hot, but keep that, you know, at home, you know? So, <laughs> you know, and so if you have a husband, ask your husband, you know, if, if you're comfortable enough, to ask, ask your friends, you know, like, Hey, would you be comfortable, you know, with me wearing this, you know, around your, you know, and, and I don't know how you'd word that, but cause you'd be offended pretty easy. Um, but you know, (laughs) maybe don't do that. (laughs) You trust someone to speak truth into your life, you know? Um, but ultimately just, you know, where is your heart when you're just finding that line and yeah, do you have clear conscience toward God for you dress? So, yeah, I think, I think especially our outward appearance, so one, we're just bringing attention to it. So if you're a single woman, maybe you didn't have brothers, you didn't have anyone teaching you, maybe you just never genuinely even thought about your yoga pants, and that's fine. We're telling you today about the yoga pants. So I think maybe it's just being aware of it. So if today's the first day that you're aware of it, it's okay. There's no condemnation on that. It's just now you're aware of it. And I think as with anything, it's, um, you know, where does our identity lie? is my identity in my attractiveness or the attention that I get. And if it is even a little bit, then I probably need to take that before the Lord and and work on that. And I definitely have had um, times in my life when that has been something that I've like, I've, the Lord has convicted me on. And I'm like, Hey, like maybe 
you're putting too much attention getting all dolled up before you go to youth group. Like, is there a reason for like spending that much time in front of the mirror? Um, So it's probably not to go worship Jesus. That's for sure. So, um, so I think uh, it really is a matter of the heart. All these things are a matter of the heart for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think if there's always a way to, um, so maybe you could, if you would, if you wanted to, you could find offense with what we're saying. Um, there's all sorts of loopholes in our words here. But I think if you accept our hearts and you accept the, the word of God, which we've definitely quoted a lot, um, then there's always room for us to take pause and just evaluate that in our own hearts. So good stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every question perfectly but I doubt it (laughs) (laughs) well um I think that was the last of our defenses if I remember correctly yes Mm -hmm. so um I'm going to take this time to make do we have any other like book suggestions or anything we want to so glad let's let's go over those real fast okay so I'll repeat this one just so if anyone wants to fast forward and find it Sex and the Single Christian Girl, Marion Jordan Ellis. You know, she does a really great job of just navigating, um, struggling with sexual purity in your own life as a single um, and purpose for it and how it's really good. Um, this one, you know, I, I have not read all of it. Just I know, it's so cool how the Lord had brought me through um, this experience with my husband and then it might have been a year or two later like I read this book I, I got my hands on this book and it's like the exact same thing like the, it's like the whole it's like the same spirit you know is teaching us the same thing yeah. woman and this man um, both love Jesus this is called um, it's called through a man's eyes helping women understand the visual nature of men um, I hope I pronounced her name right Shanti Feldhan and Craig Gross. She actually wrote another book called Four Men Only that I highly suggest to. I don't know if you've read it. It's really great for people who um, might be um, engaged and even, well, even if you've been married, I read it like five years of married and thought, I wish I would have had this when I first got married. Um, but in Craig Gross, he, I think, is the founder and leader of triplexchurch.com, and it's just a site that, oh, yeah. that helps men battle sexual purity. This is amazing. If you, I encourage all women to read this to get an understanding of what a man thinks of, what he's battling all day. Why, what does it mean for men to be visual? Like we hear that, but we don't really understand what it means. And they go in depth. And what's awesome is the very first chapter is free on their website. So if you go, I think it's menarevisual.com on the bottom, you can read the first chapter for free. It's listed there. And even that, and it's all changing. It, I, I pray that it would give you a burden for the, for the men and just the energy that they spend fighting this all day that we had no idea about. So at least if you do anything, go read the first chapter for free. Awesome. Yes, another last resource. Um, it's a website, churchleaders.com. If you Google modesty, yoga pants, and five myths you need to know by Felicia <laughs> Masonheimer destroying this but anyways yeah modesty yoga pants and five myths you need to know it's on churchleaders.com um she's written a pretty great article just kind of about you know modesty in today's culture too 
So highly yeah, recommend those yoga pants. Yoga pants are getting a bad rap over here. <laughs> They're so comfortable. I I know. I'm literally wearing some right now, but my shirt is very, very long, everyone. So don't worry. Um, <laughs> um Yes, but those are really good. I also want to encourage our listeners, if you haven't read Desi's three articles on sexual purity, go to our website right now, Do Not Test Go, and go read those. It really covers um, what we talked about on the podcast today and also a little bit more in, um, in depth on some of the things we talked about. And sometimes it's just good to be able to read it and have it at your fingertips. And definitely go print out um, the prayer card that we have there. It just has really great verses that kind of go through step-by-step um, the different parts that um, that are struggles, I think, in this area. So um, it's just a good, good card to read through um, and Jesse put together for us. And Tina, thanks, Tina. Um, so you can go do that. Um, I also put together sort of a comprehensive list of my um, suggestions on um, just tools that you can use in fighting this battle um, for children, but really they work for all of us. So um, covenant eyes, uh, the circle, all the things that you can use to help with your own internet and accountability in that area, you can check that out on our website as well. I think it's something like parenting during the porn epidemic is the name of the article. So check out all those resources and hopefully those will be helpful for those listening. Yeah. Jesse. For yourself, you know, for a friend, because I I remember years before all of this, Mm -hmm. a friend had called me and she was just sobbing and it's because her husband, you know, she had found in their search history, history, her husband had searched, you know, for images and I didn't know, you know, what to do. Like I, I cried with her and I prayed with her, but I was left like, God, I have no idea, you know, what to do. And so I encourage you, you know, he's given me a message to help now. And so just share it. So take the resources, even if it's something that you're not dealing with now, save them, print them out because, you know, most likely you will have a friend, you know, who will come to you and yeah, it'll be sure. a certain point um, in helping heal that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Oh, boy. And if these statistics are true, which I, I know that they are, then this is definitely something that we are all in the fight with. We are all fighting. So, Jesse, thank you so much for this chat today. It was really great. Um, I loved doing this with you. Um, I'm really sad your series is over. We're going to probably have to get you back to talk about these things again in the future because really, I think the conversation is just beginning on these topics. Um, so Jesse, do you, um, how do you want people to be able to contact you? Do you want to just do it through, um, uh, into the harvest or do you want to share, um, any way people can reach you, comment on your articles? How would you like if the conversation would like to be continued? Yes. So first, thank you for the opportunity. You know, it's, it's cool to see God take this message and place it in all these places. So he is, he's just so good. Um, into the harvest. I'm really not sure how that works. You know, that would be great. <clears throat> they could do yeah, that. I can pass them along to you. Um, okay. And I, I think um, I've been thinking about this. So uh, ladies, if you're listening to this, and you would like to talk in a little bit more private setting, you can um, you can message me uh, on Instagram or on Facebook, uh, Abigail Wilson. Um, 
or Abigail's day on Instagram, you can direct message me there and I can pass it on to Jesse. Um, I'm happy to talk to you as well. Um, and that's maybe a little bit more private. So it's not going to our whole team. <laughs> um, you can definitely um, email me also at abigail.a, B as in boy, T as in Tom at gmail.com. And we would love to talk to you more about this. So I will pass it along to Jesse and we would love to get back to you and talk more on these issues. If you have questions, yeah. things that we didn't cover that you're like, boy, why didn't you guys cover this thing? We want to hear about it and we would love to talk to you more. So um, sure. thanks for listening, everybody. And we do want to keep talking to you on this topic. We could probably go on and on, but we'll, we'll all take a rest now. Um, praying for everybody. And thanks again, Jesse. Thanks so much for thank being you, part of this Yes, and just thank the whole ministry into the harvest. I'm very thankful for y'all. Oh, thanks. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next time. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.